Hey there, I'm Tam. And I'm Eternally Mortal. And this is the Hidden Egg Podcast, where we talk about vulnerability. Thanks and welcome back. So before I get started, I want everybody to know that I've been putting the notes, the things that we look at for doing the podcast, um, they are out on my Patreon page and on the Buy Me A Coffee page. Both of them you can access pretty much if you like sponsor us at all. There's, I think, a $1 um, membership thing for either one of them. If you wanted to get them like month after month, it's $1 for the whole month. And yeah, that's... And then you get access to the notes that we reference. Yeah, and you can follow along. So, you know, watching on the on the sheet where we're at. And yeah, because the notes are released early, it seems. Yeah, I, re- I released them. At least I'm hoping to try to do 24 hours in advance. We'll see if that continues. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, and the, in my notes, I wanted to apologize to everybody, Mortal especially, because my notes have kind of strayed from the original concept a bit. And I noticed last time and the time before last, we kind of had a lot of like note reading to do and that wasn't quite what we intended to make the podcast about. Yeah, but it does help, you know, our awkward brains with like, we have a thing that we can then look at and decide to talk about that in case we can't pick from the infinity to pick to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I appreciate your notes. I also appreciate your (laughs) apology and your forgiven. It's just, it wasn't I as vulnerable in, in those sense, because it's not very vulnerable to read off some stuff, so. Sure, sure. Anyway, so from there, we're going to move on to the responses, and we have a few this week. We got Grace Bianco, love how uh, involved I am in the medium community. I don't know if that goes towards me and Mortal, or if it's I'm just me. I'm super not involved, but thanks, Grace. We appreciate your comment. Um, but You're no, getting I'm, more involved. I'm getting slightly more involved. I actually, like, you know, had a little bit of a cute comment train for a couple people's <laughs> articles um, in the past couple of days, but we'll, we'll see if that continues. Jenny Lane liked where I put I appreciate you in my, uh, in my article last week for the the podcast and said that she appreciates me thanks jenny that's cute (laughs) (laughs) uh sierra and lane really enjoyed the anger episode we did yep thank you sierra it was a great uh it was a great topic to talk about um i just recently re-listened to it and uh i'm pretty i'm pretty happy with it so thanks for the suggestion we very much appreciate it akeen moses is happy about what we're doing here on medium and thank you akeen Jan Sebastian saying that we're kicking some serious medium butt. <laughs> Thanks, Jan. That's that's very cute. We appreciate <laughs> that. Again, highlighting your tagline. I love that too. Uh, you good? <laughs> it was very, very. Happy oh yeah, about I did it. say scratching the very butthole. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. dying laughing over there. I'm glad you liked it. You good? That's awesome. Um, and was very happy that we listened to the narration and and put that in the shout outs and everything. So, yeah. Oh, she also mentioned um, that she's interested in learning about the biochemistry of, like, anxiety and stuff. I don't know how much we'll go into that. Like, we're not professionals at that. But we might put that for a future episode, maybe, if if that sounds interesting. We'll see if either one of us have the gumption to research that to talk about it accurately. <laughs> right. Uh, Sierra, again, with one of his epic comments... Um, yeah. 
it, it was he kind of went into depth about uh, the things that we talked about with the conflict resolution versus conflict management and and different conflicts that he found himself in that related I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's really long and it's epic and pog so I strongly suggest that you check that out I may put a link to the comment in wherever I can for the video um, but if I forget it's on last week's excuse me it's on last week's medium article for the uh the podcast and thanks for the discussion here and it was a good it was good some good points in there i liked it and then there was eric monk which he hadn't started listening to them yet and finally started listening to it i'm super happy about that welcome to the party eric it's good to have you and there was oh what did he say oh this this is the this is the one that i just read well most importantly he's decided to stick with more and I appreciate the gumption, Eric. Um, I still prefer mortal, but I appreciate the gumption anyway. Yeah, but it's still funny to hear people call you Mort. Mort, bring yeah. Bring in Mort back Mort, as a Mort. name. Um, he suggested that we, co that we cover um, the idea of voluntary versus involuntary vulnerability. Right, which I kind of also take as kind of like consensual and non-consensual vulnerability yeah they kind of go hand in hand and i agree that it's an interesting idea for an episode so you know i think I that will get added to our list i don't think i'd ever really heard of that the voluntary versus involuntary and that that seems really interesting so yeah i've got that on the list um and oh, yeah. my favorite comment so far is is, is this one little this one little blurb that eric monk put it's hard to connect with a teflon shell mm, mm, mm. I really like I just like the imagery of like trying to trying to build a, a, a rapport with the Teflon shell. I don't know, I think I could do it. But um <laughs> I really liked the, the Danish expression rest in yourself. I think I understand what that means and uh I agree that or I think that we should have a similar expression because I think it's a cool one. Um we have and help me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Akanksha, I believe is her name. That's how I would guess, too. And she says she started listening to this podcast, too, and enjoys the vibes of dopamine that we're providing. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate you being here. And last but not least at all, Ben Ulancey said I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh-huh, you did you it. You did you it. You stopped you, you, making you're, me you're doubt awesome. myself. You did, you did a fantastic job. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he's still, you know... He's, he's being understanding about whether or not we want to do guests. And I do think that eventually we do want to do guests, but we're shy and we have, we're slow. We're slow with doing we've, things. We've said that, yeah. <laughs> it's cool though. Um, it'll, it'll come around and we'll definitely start uh, talking about it if it becomes closer. So I do, I do want to get around to it though at some point in the near future. Just what near is may be a little bit subjective. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay, that was uh, that was the responses. I think there was probably other things that were said, and I must have missed some stuff. But we'll do our best. Um, I'm only human, man. <laughs> yeah, um, and but yeah, this week's topic, I believe, if I remember correctly, is uh, relationships, right? Vulnerability yes. as it exists within and around relationships. Yes, and Lorna had like a whole like broad scope of different things um, as suggestions because. She had, oh my gosh, she has so many great ideas, but we couldn't get around to them all, and relationships seemed like 
let's at least our first dip into yeah. into the suggestion. And thanks for the suggestion, Lorna. Since it is complex, we'll probably get into the other aspects of it as we go along. <clears throat> and I, I did, in in the notes, I did actually find places where we can touch on some of the other stuff that she suggested too. So it'll be a nice introductory thing for uh, for other other sessions to come. <clears throat> okay, so the first thing I put down is that like the, when you think about relationship vulnerability, the first thing that's going to pop into your head is romantic. For 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 a vast majority of people, I think that that's correct. Yeah, um, romantic relationships are kind of what we think of when we think of relationships. There's a there's a few of us out there that are, you know, a lot more hyper fixated on friend relationships, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I think that oh, the a lot of vulnerability comes out, especially when you're like starting to like dip into romantic relationships as like a teen or whenever you start doing that sort of thing. So well, I think yeah. I think in this respect, um, vulnerability gets confused with intimacy. And being intimate is absolutely being vulnerable, and and being vulnerable does build intimacy, but it doesn't always. Sometimes doesn't you're vulnerable, and it doesn't build intimacy. It's not. It's not necessarily something that has to happen from it. It's something that could happen. Mm -hmm. But I think that's probably why we start thinking about romantic relationships when we just think about relationships in general. Because it's the most widely acceptable place to be intimate with a person. Mm -hmm. It's not as acceptable to be intimate with your best friend. Because you could be gay, man. Which is stupid because like what's what's wrong with being gay first and foremost and second off why is being you know intimate with your friend suddenly something sexual why are you sexualizing the fact that we enjoy each other's company and can trust each other and know each other on a deep intimate level why yeah. does that have to have to do with sex well there's a lot of, i don't know I, I mean i could go into um the you know puritanical origins of the country is that the right word i don't think that's the right word the the it sounds right is it right maybe but anyway the, um sorry sex i'm became, opening a skittles bag you need to eat your skittles although they probably won't be able to hear me a little bit during that but that's okay that's not really <laughs> i love this this is fantastic there we go it's uh, instant little energy pills basically somehow Somehow this country decided to demonize sex, and there's several other, many other countries out there that also demonize sex, some of them way worse than us. Um, and because of the demonification of it, I think that it became a lot more appealing to especially people that are in kind of a rebellious mindset. And I think a rebellious mindset happens to all of us. And so um, we hyper-fixated upon it because we were told it was, um, it was naughty. And there's a lot of us out there that kind of like naughty, kind of, but at the same time, there should be some, I don't know, it's, it'd be nice if not everything was sexualized. It sounds like, like, it sounds like you're really just saying that because our culture makes it bad for you to talk about it, they've kind of like, like pushed it into this little tiny space you're allowed to do it in, then we just see it everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of people that do. I know I did, like, you know, for the few years after puberty, I was very hypersexualized. I kind of look back on it with shame, if I'm hmm. being honest. But, um, 
Yeah. Be nice if these things were a lot less sexualized. I know of a story of a moderately popular creator where he was very intimate with his bros, um, physically, in certain ways. And it was never, like, actually sexual. It was just for funsies. And I think everyone had a positive experience with it. And so it, it can happen. And I'm a, I'm a polypan person, so, like, you know... Uh, be as intimate as you are willing to with your bros, in my opinion. Bros and sisters and non-binary friends. I mean, I think it's fine when everybody's having a good time. It's just when when people decide that they need to throw out that's gay. Like, for one, like gay, being gay is a bad thing. And for two, that that familiarity, that that, you know, closeness has anything to do with their sexuality. Like, come on, man. We can be vulnerable and it not have anything to do with our sexuality. That's true. I agree. I can agree with that. And I work with those assholes that <clears throat> say that things are gay as a derogatory thing. And I laugh at them most of the time. When I looked it up, you know, trying to find different things to, to talk about and think about on the podcast, one of the things I found was um, the idea of vulnerability... I can't talk. Vulnerability within a relationship. Um was that it means to reveal your emotions and your weaknesses. Just really just being open about how you're feeling and telling them what makes you upset, in a sense. It's, that's, that's interesting. That is a way of being vulnerable within a relationship. But I really think just letting your guard down is the most vulnerable you can be with somebody. When... when when you can start removing some of those walls that you put up, some of the masks that you put up between you and society with individuals, that's that's when you're, you're being vulnerable. And that's when you can connect with somebody. But that's also when they can hurt you. And of course, caring about somebody is inviting pain to begin with because when that person hurts, you will hurt as well. Not that that's bad. Pain is not bad, friends. Uh, from my perspective. You, you, of course, are allowed to have your own, but bearable pain is an experience just like pleasure it's just geared in the other direction and so it doesn't have to hurt so bad i think the point that might just be me though i think the point you're trying to make is that not all pain is bad because there is some pain that's bad obviously sure of course because i, I wrote down here that there's there's traumas you know um when you are trying to be vulnerable in a relationship one of the hardest things i think to do is to reveal to that person the traumas that you've had in the past to be like hey this is stuff that's happened to me this is a weak point that i will have i will get triggered i have not quite healed from this because it, it you know it's a trauma that somebody else did and that that often becomes a point of contention in relationships where like the other person doesn't want to hear it or they start in with that whole like yeah but i'm not them and it's, it's, they're, they're, they're bars to building that into intimacy. And those things do hurt. And I wouldn't necessarily say that that is a good pain. You know, that's a, that's a hurting pain. That's a bad pain. That's a something needs to be worked out pain. Yeah. It's unfortunate when you're trying to establish boundaries, because that's what that really is. Yeah. You're saying, hey. This is something that's a trauma for me, and I'm sharing this with you because, you know, I'm establishing what, what boundaries I have, and if that per if the other person is unwilling, then 
it seems like maybe you've shared your vulnerability with the wrong person. Right. Right. And there's a lot of ways that they could use that against you to be even worse and worse people to have been vulnerable to. Uh, like doing guilt trips, using the things that you've given them to guilt you into doing things, putting you down for the things you've done. I've known people who have told their significant others about sexual acts that they did in a self-exploration sort of way that their their partners decided that they were going to label their sexuality falsely and make fun of them for it. Again, with the gay thing. It's always, I don't know why it's so bad. We just grew up in the 90s and the 80s. That was just the thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that were affected by that. All of our It'll gay listeners, eventually. I'm so sorry. Like that you've had to live through this? Yeah, there's there's no reason why it needed to be something that was, you know, that we've had a put-down. Like, geez, it's not bad to be gay. No. It's bad to be homophobic, though. Why don't we, why don't we call that homo? <laughs> we don't need to reappropriate the terms. <laughs> I think we're good on that. That's fair. Well, anyway, it's... Um, it's all wrapped up in this concept of like you've been vulnerable in your romantic relationship and then they're all like you know well you did this before so obviously you're going to do it again in some meaningful way and so i'm going to decide for you what that means and put you down because of it that's isn't that the plot of chasing amy it is it kind of it is, is yeah the plot of chasing amy yeah I, I was actually thinking about that when I wrote this stuff down. That might have been spoilers for Chasing Amy, a movie from the 90s. Sorry about that if you haven't seen it. Anyway, um, that's interesting, though. That is a very interesting... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't always mean that it that, that person's being... a Like, they're not always an abuser, but I have seen it more commonly in people who are abusive to do these kinds of things. And those people aren't just abusive in their romantic relationships it's just that's where all of the like big guns come out people who are abusive tend to also be abusive in certain friendships and in certain areas of their workplace or their family i think that i think that the, the reason that comes out in romantic relationships is because that's where they themselves like the abusers have revealed their mo their most vulnerabilities mm. like they have and this is, I'm kind of generalizing here, so it's not across the board, there's certain to be exceptions, but they're afraid that their own vulnerabilities will be used against them, and so they do it in return. Quote, unquote, in return, even though it hasn't happened yet. Or it's like a game. Well, it's like, you, you meter out vulnerability, and then see what the other person's capable of doing with it. Sure, yeah. Some people just use that as, like, testing, you know? Like, when you're getting into a relationship you're like okay i'm gonna give this little bit of vulnerability that if they're an asshole i can handle that <laughs> and then i'll know that they're an asshole but if they're not an asshole then i'll have to move up to level two which i can probably handle that right but level three i don't know you know like i think that that's what some people do and i think that there's some i want to say specifically dudes because that's just the experience that i've had in my life there's a bunch of dudes whining about uh women that were um like testing them and like why they got to play these games like i heard that a lot when i actually paid attention to dudes that were dating yeah i've, I've heard a lot of men Excuse talk me. about <coughs> talk about people like playing games with them and when you actually talk to them okay what what happened what what were they doing 
what was this game that you're talking about it's not them playing games it's them being straight about their emotions and these these people just don't want to deal with them kind of yeah or they don't understand why you would just state your emotions right like you know how um just upfront i am with like people about how i'm feeling in the moment mm-hmm. though i don't necessarily react visually in the way that it makes sense most of them don't understand what i'm saying <laughs> they, they don't get it like it doesn't make sense that someone would just announce their feelings like that i find it funny when people ask how are you doing like the more recitable it sounds is that a word like wrote by like yeah recited. like the more like habitual their their question is the the more i feel like i almost have to be just blatantly honest about how i'm feeling in that moment <laughs> hey how's it going just to oh. kind of like wake them up to like you asked me this mm-hmm. do you know what the words you even said mean and then they always kind of like kinda, i don't know they they have this little like weird shake about them where they're like they're a real person again. Like they were a, a brain dead robot for that interaction. And then I answer and then they're like, oh, hey, or they're angry at me, Well, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, that's an aliveness too. So. Sure, sure, sure. Some people just react differently to being taken out of the fog. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, I've, I've got, you know, some other things like friends and work, work, especially being vulnerable at work. I think a lot of people are afraid of being demoted or being made fun of in the context of like the the group around them, maybe their team or their coworkers or whatever, and then feeling like they're just behind everybody else and yes. being financially reprimanded for it. Yes, I think as someone has been in a corporate workplace for quite a while now, like. There's people are rationing their vulnerability very closely, very tightly, to the point where if people, you know, do something wrong, then they will fight to the death to make sure that no one can prove they did anything wrong. Well, yeah, because if they did something wrong, then somebody else can come back with, well, you did it this time. So you, it's the same thing as, well, you did it before. Yeah, kind of. And then they, you're just labeled as the, the guy that does everything wrong. Yeah, but unfortunately that stuff is usually pretty obvious. Honestly, it really is pretty obvious, at least to some people. And so then you just get labeled as the person that refuses to take accountability. Yeah. And what's interesting is that when you're a person that decides to just take accountability for stuff that isn't even your fault, then you're a fucking hero in a corporate workplace. Like, you never get punished. You get extra benefits and um I don't know about never because I, your experience isn't all experience. That's probably true. This is just the experience that I've had. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm fucking bragging now like an asshole, but that's okay. Um anyway. So yeah, work relationships are interesting because it's usually a dance of vulnerabilities. Like I wanna share things that make you think I'm cool. Because I want to be cool. It's more game-like. A little bit. I hate it, though. It feels like high school to me. Because that's kind of what high school and middle school felt like. Well, I've been telling people, like, that's what that's what our educational system, like, trains us to do. Is basically to be toddlers in the workplace for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So, you kind of skipped friends. 
I didn't have anything to write down for friends, so I, but I put it there in case you have anything to say. I have so much to say about friends. I don't know if it'll actually all come out because like... As a it friend, was a, do you want to skittles? No, I don't want to skittle. No, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the offer. Um, I'm focused on friends. Uh, friends is such a, an interesting word, especially when it comes to human relationships because so many people define it differently. Um, I, I'm not sure... Well, we've talked in the past, and like you have told me that your definition of friendship is is like a pretty solid foundational. We're able to talk with each other like a deep thing, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like that's what you kind of have to be to be called a friend by you. At least in the past, I'm not sure if you've softened. Yeah, on that most slightly. people's idea of friendships are my idea of an acquaintance. Right. Exactly. And like, um, I uh, I don't even know if I subscribe to a personal philosophy for it because like I will kind of waffle on the term depending on the circumstances that I'm in or the people that I'm with because like some people it's like we've been talking for two and a half minutes and we smiled four times during this conversation so we're definitely friends <laughs> and other people are like I haven't I haven't spent every moment of you for the last sixty days. Every moment no, no, of that's not how. Days. That's not how I do it. It's more. It's what not. did we talk about in that <laughs> two and a half minutes? Wasn't even talking to you, but that's I understand. Well, you are talking to me. I'm the only one here. I'm not talking about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> anyway, um, and so like I kind of conform a little bit to who I'm around because I'm friendly, like in person and talking, I'm interested in what you have to say because you're human and I want to know what your experience is like. And if you're interested in my experience, I definitely want to share my experience with you. But like, I'm not good at like being a friend outside of that, you know? Like remembering to like make plans and hang out. I suck at that shit all the time. And so friend is a weird concept for me, but it's it's a beautiful concept to me because it's, you know, when you when you take the whole pressure of sex off of a relationship, a lot of for a lot of people it becomes a friendship, and then it's anything you want it to be, and you have the opportunity to be incredibly vulnerable with friends, in in ways that some people are not able to be vulnerable with lovers, and we've had a lot of experience with that, you and I. Yeah, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but should, should should I should I? Go ahead. Yeah. So we used to, Mortal and I used to be in a relationship. We actually a used to be engaged, mm -hmm. <laughs> believe it or not. And then things happened, and we realized, eh, not really up for this relationship to continue in a romantic sense. But we had built such a strong friendship foundation. We were like, there's no way that we're just going to fall out. Just because we can't make it work romantically doesn't mean that all the rest of this is bad right and there was an awkward transition period that i think a lot of people would have struggled <clears throat> to get through but we both knew that we were cool with each other deep down like there was no problem we we, we were each other's favorite person yeah and so like you know friends friends matters in a way sometimes for people for some people in a way that lovers can't and i i've always kind of agreed in the past and to an extent with some people now that like your your romantic partner your life partner you know the person that you share your finances and your kids with that should be your best friend um i think so too uh i don't 100 percent know that it has to be anymore because so many different people have different 
edges and bumps on their puzzle piece, you know? And so, like, people just fit differently together than than what my experience would lead me to believe. Well, I also have a weird, like, because of my weird definition of friendships, I don't quite understand best friendships. Because you're my best friend in some ways, and my partner's my best friend in some ways. And then I have other best friends in other ways. And so it's really hard for me to keep up because there's supposed to only be one. That is that is a closed-minded idea. I'm sorry if you uh, um, if you subscribe to that idea that, you know, the word best means only one. But unfortunately, we're a lot more convoluted than that. And so we're going to have people that weigh more heavily in certain regards than others. And no one, in my belief, can satisfy all of your wants and needs. No one person can do that. That's just way too much pressure to make them conform to every single need that you have socially. There's a possibility, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, discount the possibility of soulmates that two people's wants and needs just fit each other so perfectly that they can satisfy that. It's a possibility, but honestly, have not seen a lot of it so far in life. And uh, if you feel like you have that, that's fantastic. I bet you have a friend or two or a family member or an aunt or, or a, a pet. cousin or a pet. <laughs> exactly. That fits in a way that's special. That's all that really means. As a, a poly person, the reason why I'm poly is that I, I feel like we should be as open as we can be to other people that we meet in life that could fit those pieces in a way that we wouldn't allow if we were trying to you know, be completely loyal to one specific person. You know? Yeah, and, and I think from some people's perspective, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the relationship you and I have now mm. could be considered an asexual, aromantic re- relationship. Yeah. I mean, from a specific point of view, from the law's perspective, we're definitely domestic partners. We, yeah. We do share finances and everything like that. So, like, you know, we, we're... we're we're, we're Jay and Silent Bob. You know what I mean? We're definitely platonic life mates. Hetero life partner. Right. Well, I'm not I'm not super hetero, but... Um... Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> me neither, but... Yeah, I know. I pass for one. Yeah, me too, sadly. Um, <clears throat> there's so many people at work that think that calling me gay is going to offend me. <laughs> and so, like... They say it and then they laugh like, oh, you're not going to get mad, are you? And it's like, if you only knew. (laughs) I've tried to tell them too and they just don't believe me, honestly. Anyway, sorry. That's just being silly. Um, So another thing I wanted to talk about is that when people, when you're vulnerable to people and then they they do those like guilt trips and put downs and blah, blah, blah. I want to stress that that says more about them than it does about you. Like, them making fun of your vulnerabilities has nothing to do with those vulnerabilities. Does that make sense? Very little to do, at least, probably. Because uh, you'll find that most of the things people say almost always say more about them than they do about you. Like, and that is specifically true when people are attacking. Because usually people are attacking because they're afraid. Yeah, and when, when when I wrote that, I was thinking about the idea of, like, Okay, so let's say that I'm I'm in a situation and I've been vulnerable and they've, you know, made fun of me and now I feel bad. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, well, in that situation, my first thought would be, what is this saying about them? What 
did their response to my vulnerability mean about them? Mm-hmm. Not, what does this mean about me? And I used to. Mm-hmm. I, I used to very much, and I still sometimes do. But when I'm, when I'm on my A game, I think about, what does this mean about the person that I'm with? That they decided to make fun of me for this. And, and that tells me a lot about what I need to do next. Mm-hmm. I no longer feel the need to defend myself against them or or try to get back in their good graces somehow mm-hmm. or convince them that I'm a better person than they think I am because at the at that point I've I've assessed whatever it said about them it tends to come back to this idea of their 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 opinion just doesn't matter to me anymore it doesn't and it doesn't have to that's the big thing and people don't remember that sometimes no one's opinion of you has to matter to you. It's nice when it does. There's people that care about you that would love for their opinion of you to matter. But like, but at the end of the day, you, you're with yourself. And so your opinion of yourself matters just so much more. You remember not, not that long ago when I, when I was on the, the journey of like, how do I stop giving a shit without, get, stop, without not giving a shit? That was that was how I put it. Now I I have better words to describe it. It's more how do I stop caring what other people think about me in general without without no longer accepting that you know the people around me have things to say. Like I want to I want to pay attention to the people I care about. And if like for instance if you say, "Hey, you're being kind of an asshole." I don't want to be like that doesn't matter. I don't care. But Joe Schmo on the street says I'm an asshole. I don't necessarily want to give that the same weight as I give your comment. Sure. Even if it's the same thing and about the same thing, I just, you know, there's certain people that you trust, and there's certain people that there's no reason to trust them right now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Depending, and, depending on your levels of energy, if you feel like you can take it, maybe t- maybe take it a second and say, was I an asshole to Joe? Was I? No? Okay, then fuck that guy. Yeah, I'm coming from a place where I did that with everybody, and so so I couldn't... Yeah, that just didn't... I needed a way to, like, to set the boundaries. Mm -hmm. And anybody out there that's having that same problem, my experiential advice to you is practice self-compassion. Know who you are and how you feel and be able to accept those things without judging them. And when you can finally do that in the moments when somebody does you know throw something at you and attack your vulnerabilities in that moment it no longer threatens you anymore and it doesn't form your belief of who you are anymore and and i mean i'm i'm not a professional so i can't say it help it helps in this way for everybody in every situation but that is basically what i do now that I haven't really worried so much about, oh, what do I do if somebody says something mean? Well, I remember who I am and how I feel. I investigate how I feel about what they said. I investigate whether I believe it to be true about myself. And then I ask, why are they saying this? What would this? What does this mean that they're saying this mm-hmm. to me? Absolutely. And you, regardless of whether you're a professional, it's a good thing to keep in mind and maybe add to the way that you do stuff, if you would like. I feel like I had more to say about friends, but I don't have anything more to say about friends. I might actually, <laughs> I might actually campaign campaign for an episode about friends in the future. Mm. No, not the show. No, no, not the show. 
You mean like vulnerability with friends? Yes, very much so. <clears throat> I think that'll take a lot more research on my part because I, I can't even imagine. Like, I know that that's a good topic and everything, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head that we would talk about. Interesting. Maybe <laughs> that would just be a lot less structured of an episode, and I'll just, like, talk at you and see what your responses to me are. Maybe. All I have left for this one is, you know, Mortal's Journey, because I thought you might have some more things to say about relationships. You have a very special way of handling relationships. Yeah, I haven't been as vulnerable on this episode because relationships are a little... I, I have an awkward relationship with relationships. <laughs> well, you you come at relationships, even with complete strangers, with more vulnerability. Yeah, actually, I start more vulnerable than not. But it's about certain things and not about others. Like, um, I am very open about um, the experiences that I've had in life and um, my failures and mistakes and missteps that I've had in life. But when it comes to, like, positive things about me, then I become very awkward and shy. And so, like... How does that differ from people you know? Is that not... Whatever. <laughs> You're pretty awkward and shy whenever I say something, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just awkward and shy with positive things, period. Kind of. That's although, true. Although, when I say something nice to you, you often, like, kind of snap back with, like, Nuh-uh. You're lying. Yeah. Which I don't think you'd do that to a stranger. <laughs> sometimes. It depends on the stranger. Um, also, I may have started mumbling. I'm sorry. I'm talking about myself, and so it might be mumbly. <laughs> uh, good luck. Um, see, when I started looking at interacting with people socially, um... There's a lot of ways that it came very easily to me, even as a kid. People just kind of liked having me around. I never really felt like I had much of a say in what was going on. And I just sort of like went with the flow and was moderately positive to the people around me. This is just my memory. I could be off. Ask my parents, but they don't remember either. Trust me. Um... And then I had middle school where uh, everybody's mean to everybody and it like just destroyed my mentality and I became the lowest version of myself and then removed and I had an opportunity to become a different person. And so people pleasing became a huge part of my identity to the point where I, I denied myself. And so relationships really just came about because people were interested in hanging out around me and as I evolved into my 20s, it was that I started becoming interested in people. I started becoming a lot more aware of, of, of my crushes, basically, is what I call them. Um, I certainly had them in, like, high school and stuff, but, like, it became more interesting, honestly, after the first time that you and I dated when we were teens. Um, and that finding interesting people and figuring out how they how they ticked how they thought what their experience was like became like everything to me and it didn't matter what I wanted or needed and so it's very difficult for me to talk about the vulnerability of relationships because I've avoided it I avoided it for a very long time and I try now with the friendships that I'm making because I'm, I'm pretty asexual at this moment and I've been aromantic I think most of my life <laughs> Um, 
So with the friendships that I'm making now, I'm trying to be more vulnerable, but it's it's just very awkward because I don't know how to weave that stuff into conversation. Most people are very comfortable, especially in the beginning parts of a relationship, talking about their own experiences. And maybe there's a waiting for the other person to chime in, for me to chime in with my own experiences. But I, I it just doesn't, I don't know how to throw it all in there. And so like, I feel like I'm being fake all the time. Well, the thing with you that I've noticed <clears throat> is that you seem to, you seem to be a lot more comfortable with taking the blame and, and putting yourself down because it's disarming. If you tell them all of the terrible things about yourself, then there's no surprises when they happen if they are that bad. And if they're not that bad, then they'll be able to tell you, oh, it's not really that bad. And so you've disarmed them with, you know, the harsh truth. But when it comes to positive things or even neutral things that, you know, may seem like, I don't think you even think that the neutral things even matter. Like, you know, you like zombie stuff. Like that's neutral. That's not really a positive necessarily. It's not a negative. It could be a positive or a negative for certain people, but in general, it's pretty... It's whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. It's just something that you like. It's pretty mid. <clears throat> but for you, it's not even important to... Why, why would you even discuss it? Because it takes away from the other person. And you've learned... And this is no... <clears throat> this is no, like... It's not saying anything bad about people, but people in general, they want to talk about themselves. It's, it seems, from, from my experience. I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody for that either. And totally maybe fine. we're getting into the age group that, like, people don't necessarily want to talk about themselves all the time. Maybe. But for, like, teenage years and, and early 20s, it's pretty common for people to just want to talk about themselves. They don't necessarily want to talk about other people unless those things come back to themselves. Right. I think there's a huge search <clears throat> and yearning journey for validation when you're young when you're becoming a young adult and uh it's hard to remember that other people exist sometimes yeah. during that process at least from my experience um what's the other stuff you said you said some other stuff i was going to respond to um that it's disarming for you to say the negative things oh yeah yeah, yeah. um in a way yeah i have found that it is pretty disarming me to say the negative things but um what i was really kind of like poking into is that i'm trying to do that now like in in twitch and stuff and in discord and whatever like someone brings up something that i have some sort of experience with i'm like oh yeah hey me too or whatever and this was my experience and write a, a sentence or two you know i try to keep it short because most people don't want to read the walls of text i don't know why i like walls of text myself they're fun <laughs> but um, well, I think if you ask Sierran, there are certain places where that's not necessarily true. Well, yeah, and uh, I, there's, a, there's, a few, <clears throat> there's a few people on Medium that have now experienced my wall of text comments, and we'll see, we'll see if that continues. <laughs> Time is what it is. Time isn't real. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, so I'm trying, uh, I'm really actually trying to, like, put some of that stuff out there, and, like, literally every time I do, there's a voice, that, that fucking asshole in my head, my, the voice in my head telling me that I'm being 
selfish and arrogant and narcissistic and why would anybody give a shit because yeah, this he, was your expen- the experience and then like that monster is always in there a, in that in a goddamn like in a twitch chat you know when i say something like I'm, I'm like oh hey i had this experience with this thing you're talking about and then fucking silence from chat for like a minute like i'm mortified i feel like i just ruined <clears throat> the room like i just walked into a room <laughs> and like shat on the table at a fine diner, a fine dining fancy place, and everybody had to walk out of the room. Like, I genuinely feel like that. And I've worked now really hard to get to the point where I can suppress, or at least only feel that within myself and not react outwards towards people in that regard. Fine dining fancy place. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking about. I know, but you the saw words. the tablecloths I was talking about. I know, but sure the words, <laughs> they gave me the giggles. They're good. That's good. I like giving giggles and smiles. So, I don't know if that answers the question. I feel like we've been kind of, like, bebopping, dancing around the real meat of what this episode could have been. But I I have a feeling I'm just being hard on myself. No, relationships was such a broad topic. I, I, like, there was just so much. And I know I didn't write down a whole lot in my notes, but that was specifically so that I didn't accidentally, like, box us into a specific flow i wanted mm. us to be able to bebop around and yeah do right the on. things that we do that's cool give it the give it more freedom again <coughs> it's a different kind of episode when we do that right maybe maybe our sequel episodes for these will be a little bit more of a specific deep dive into i think aspects. some will like that if we do that biochemistry of the anxiety episode that's a very specific deep dive. that's a very specific deep dive we're not gonna be able to bebop around nearly as much i might try though oh we're obviously going to try like come on <laughs> we can't just sit still that's that's not us but i mean i think we did pretty pretty okay what do you think listener let us know did we do okay with the uh, an introduction to relationships and vulnerability yeah, let us know in the comments below. Um, and full disclosure, uh, both Tam and I were, you know, we're a little, we're a little run down today. So, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, my get... partner's sick with a fever and everything, and I might be coming down with it, so... <laughs> right. Like, we both forgot to, like, mute our phones before. <laughs> there was a moment where you were talking, and we were both trying really hard to mute our phones silently. Yep. It's been a, it's been a bit shit show of an episode, maybe, but, like... I think it was still fun, and when we listen back to it, hopefully we won't cringe too much. That's that's always the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Just to not cringe too much. Not cringe too much. A little bit's okay. Em- embrace the cringe, but not too hard. <laughs> All right. Um. So next episode, I hadn't really decided what we wanted to do. Oh. <clears throat> so we could circle back to um, you, Good's suggestion to your compliments thing, or we could go straight into the new person giving us a suggestion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it feels a little bit like cheating because Eric Monk just started listening and just gave the suggestion. But at the same time, I kind of like the, the voluntary and involuntary concept. But I don't know, I'm gonna leave it up to mortal. Yeah, um, please bear with me while I contemplate and say some words that take up air time. Well, I can take up a little bit of time if you need some time. What's, what do you think, 
What do you think? How would you summarize you good's suggestion? Like the vulnerability of like online relationships? Yeah, it. it I, I, I'd have to go back through and find the comment, but it was basically like the fear that people on Medium specifically have behind. Like if you meet somebody else on Medium and both of you have pen names or one of you have, has a pen name, there's this fear of like, who is the person behind the pen name? Mm. Are they friendly? Are they, well, in, in, in their case, you know, are they potentially somebody that I know pretending to be somebody else? Sure, yeah, and that's definitely a concern. <clears throat> and maybe... It kind of goes back to, like, those early 2000 days of, like, who you meet on a chat room, they say they're, you know, a 24-year-old female, but they're really a 58-year-old man, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And then, you know, the, the whole, like, sharing personal data and pictures, like, how how vulnerable you have to be to to extend that trust and like at what point do you extend that trust interesting that's an interesting idea for for an episode i think i would broaden myself i don't know that you agree with me and that's fine if you don't but i think of myself i would broaden that to kind of online interaction mm. um uh, uh vulnerability which is i think pretty applicable to what we're doing so I think maybe I'm okay with doing that one um, I'm gonna broaden it from just medium to also discord and twitch though because that's the thing that I'm doing I don't know if 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 I'm if this is correct or not but I think part of it might have been that her suggestion might have been um, her and my interaction because we have actually gotten pretty pretty personal in our emails and everything mm -hmm. Um, and, and there might have been some undertone in that of, like, how that felt for us to go through that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, keeping with the theme of us being the ones being vulnerable, us sharing our personal experiences in regards to that would be good so you could share your experience, you know, consensually, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I can share mine. Are you cool with that? Yeah, well, we'll call like, that. I like internet. Eric. I like Eric Monk's idea too, but it if it, it it felt a little bit like cheating. I'm sorry, Eric Monk, but you you You're just gave list. it. You're on, on the list. list, but you know, yeah. So we'll we'll call it internet vulnerability. Love it. And uh, I'm writing. I I I'll I'll talk about my story. I won't dox anybody, just in case you goods listening. That will not be. It'll just, I'm all, all, all about, you know, keeping things private that need to be private. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dox so many people. Just joking. I would never. I would no, never. Dox, not doc. Dox. Doc? I don't like know what that means. docking. Oh. <laughs> I was making a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get you. I get you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would talk. <laughs> I know. That's why the joke was funny. <laughs> it wouldn't be funny if it was something you wouldn't do. I know. Um, anyway. I guess that's it for this episode then. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much again for hanging out with us. Uh, I hope our scuffed episode was entertaining and fun for y'all. Um, I'm eternally mortal, and uh, I hope you find smiles this day. And I am the accidental monster on Medium. We're both on Medium. And uh, until next time, follow each other, follow the dopamine, and follow yourselves always. <laughs>